Welcome, pudding people, to another episode of Everybody Loves Pudding. I am your host, Ken Seymour, back with another movie review. This week, we do The Nun. And by we, I mean royal we again, as I am doing this one solo without my co-host, Richard Geiger. Um, this is a great movie for people that love jump scares and, you know, the standard kind of spookiness and, and I don't know, Catholic attire that gets dirty, uh, you know, something like that. Um, as always, we're going to give just a bit of a breakdown of what, whether you should see it in the movie theater, whether you should wait for it to stream, uh, get it on Blu-ray or just kind of ignore it whatsoever. And then we will go into the breakdown segment by segment with our patented, not past, not really patented scientific, but not really scientific method where we go over the cast, the director and editing, costuming and props, location, cinematography, plot and writing, all coming up with a score very similar to what you might find on a test coming back from calculus that you did not study for. So let's uh, let's start with just the very basics. So should you see this in the theaters? Um, I have to be kind of careful with this as I do with everything else. Um, if you are a huge horror fan and you are somebody that kind of liked the series already, absolutely see it in the theaters. Pretty much in every other circumstance, I would say no, not worth seeing in the theaters. And for the vast majority, I wouldn't even bother watching it on Blu-ray or on streaming. Um, it's just, you know, I, I have to be, I have, I try to be as fair as possible. I haven't seen any other movies in this particular series, and I've never been a huge horror fan. Uh, now, that's not to say that I don't like horror movies, but I'm very, very picky when it comes to horror movies. And I went into this after seeing the previews, fully expecting to be just greatly disappointed. And I have to say, I was not greatly disappointed. Instead of just, in my opinion, being awful, it wasn't. It was just kind of bad. Um, but it's, it's, it's also, again, a, a matter of taste to a certain extent. So that is the generic descriptor. But from this point on, there will be spoilers. So anybody that wants to uh, go forward with me bravely into the uh, forefront of digging into this movie and where I found problems with it, come on along. If not, uh, you should probably watch the movie first, and then you'll know exactly where we're coming from. But let us start with the cast. Kind of a small cast. Um, you basically had three, uh, three people of prominent roles uh, throughout the movie that had speaking roles, that had action roles. I mean, really, for the most part, you had like one nun other than the primary characters. A, a couple of guys from the Vatican, uh, like one bartender. You know, there's just not, not a whole lot of people with speaking roles in this particular film, and that's not where the focus is. So it's kind of now... Uh, instead of uh, trying to look for an embarrassment of riches in terms of uh, actors and actresses, it's all on the shoulders of the people that are coming into it. So I kind of try and look at it from multiple angles. When I see the names of or the faces of the individuals and I go, oh, I remember them from whatever, am I excited for them to be in the film? Uh, two, do I think that they met, that they match the, the intention uh, of what the film is there for? 
Is it, uh, you know, a perfect match? Is it not a perfect match? Is it something that I would never have expected and it wildly succeeded or just fell on its face? Or was the, the, uh, the actor seemingly phoning it in? That sort of thing. So you got, you've got three basic uh, people. I am not familiar with any of them, which was not a great sign to start with. Um, in the uh, role of Father Burke, you've got uh, Demian Bachir. I, I know I'm just unfortunately massacring his name, and I apologize. But um, now the reason I'm not real familiar with him, I think, is that he's got quite a career, uh, quite a few appearances, but it's not in a lot of American cinema. Uh, and the American cinema that he's got is apparently in Machete Kills, which I have not seen, and Alien Covenant, which I have not seen. And, you know, a variety of other things which I have not seen. Um, so I'm not real familiar with him. And, again, didn't quite get all that excited about him being in it. Uh, as far as what he does with the role, eh? Uh, I don't know how much there was really to work with. But, uh, you know, when you're, when you're getting into a horror film, there's going to be some yelling. There's going to be some grimness. He's playing a priest didn't seem enthusiastic is not the right it's not the right word it just didn't something didn't click um so I, I i had a hard time reading what his emotional place was in the movie i mean they kind of alluded to kind of a an interesting history for the character but didn't really touch on it much he was in the war and he looked for uh looked for uh uh, uh, what they, you know, he, he looked out for miracles and he actually found some kid that was possessed, but that was it. And if that's his whole backstory and they don't really go into it anymore, eh, it's, it's a little weak. Um, and maybe that's why he had, uh, difficulty bringing something to it. I don't know. Maybe he didn't have, maybe it's just me again with my, inability to really enjoy the vast majority of horror movies but i didn't didn't get much out of that particular uh placement uh you've got uh jonas bloquette as frenchy um he's had some stuff uh in uh american cinema uh, not a ton uh he's been in three days to kill which i didn't see <laughs> valerian which i didn't see um you know when you're with the with the with increased emphasis on movie reviews, this will, I'm sure, rapidly change. But um, of the three um, individuals in the roles, I think he had the either the best uh, of the three, or at the very least, I think he came across better than the other three. He was able to, I felt to able to connect to him more than the other two individuals that were there. Um, whether that was, again, whether that was the writing of the character, whether that was something that he brought to it, he seems to have kind of, um, kind of a, not utilitarian, but, um, um, a Swiss army knife kind of looks like he could be able to successfully do a wide array of different characters and a wide array of different films. He's probably got a pretty bright future ahead of him. Um, uh, I, but other than that, didn't get real real big um impression from this uh this gentleman and then you've got tessa farmiga or it could be tessa uh oh, i feel terrible this is this is probably my worst 
uh, my worst experience in trying to pronounce the names, I probably should have looked them up. Um, well, other than just the spelling, uh, she plays Sister Irene. Um, I, very likable. Uh, she had a very bright scene in the beginning where you can kind of make that connection with the character, but through the rest of the film, I didn't really get so much from her. Um, she doesn't seem like a scream queen, and she just, it, again, kind of felt out of place for the choice. Um, I'm not really sure what that came from. And then you had a lot of just kind of... Uh, various like i said extras and things and they're you know the people that played the the demon or the, the the ghost or whatever you want to call it um i didn't get a lot from this this is maybe the the lowest score i'm going to give in casting up until this point um i'm probably going to give it a 10 out of 20 that's how little i have to say about this one and that part of it is just the number of people uh there's only only three uh, parts of any meat there's no kind of hidden people in it that i go oh wow i remember them from whatever there's just nothing there um so that's going to take us straight into the director uh corn hardy um i don't recognize anything that this guy has done uh in terms of directing he's got uh, about a 10 or so uh credits to his name including music videos uh, for what looks like a remake of All Along the Watchtower. Um, all right, so I'm not quite sure what he's what he's trying to coax out of the actors, what he's trying to do. And again, I put editing in with this, with directing. Um, on the positive side, the, the editing is pretty good. Um, no... If I had a problem with it, I kind of also lump uh, music and score into this because it's kind of all cut together along with the editing. There were some really bad instances where the music did not match the scene or it didn't line up with what was happening real well. Um, it's, it, it threw me off uh, when it happened. There's, there's a couple times when they're entering the spooky castle and they're supposed to be kind of either having the... the background you know eerie music you know the, the the bits of violence whatever and it again it doesn't sync up it doesn't kind of it's not coming to a point to to get you into the into the front door and it's not one of those continuous things it just kind of falls off didn't work real well when you combine that with um with what's essentially a very linear story um that doesn't take a whole lot to put together there's not a lot of time jumping there's a little bit of flashback in terms of memory but nothing nothing all that complicated um it just um again didn't seem all that inspired to me and that may be cruel i hope not because i have the utmost respect for um the the creation process of any movie and i will say this over and over again it is a massive achievement to make any Hollywood film. I just, it was, it was not one that had a big effect on me. And I think a good chunk of that had to do with the direction. Um, the, you know, that partnership between the director and the actors to kind of get, to get the performance that, that you're wanting, either whether it's the lack of, uh, 
uh, not a lack of vision, but an uncertain vision or unable to communicate or, you know, whatever's missing. I'm not sure what it was. I think that it's somewhere in that combination of things. And it just, I just don't think it did real well. I'm, again, giving it a 10 out of 20 on, on directing and editing, uh, especially with those kind of what feel like blatant errors in terms of uh, scoring and some of the strange, uh, well, not strange edits, but just unimpressive edits. Uh, costuming and props. Um, not a lot to this. This is supposed to take place in the 50s. Um, and it's supposed to take place in the middle of nowhere. So, very simple clothing that's done well. Uh, the regal garb of uh, the Catholics and Vatican, done just fine. There's not a whole lot to that. Um, the monsters are basically in clerical garb. So, there's not a lot to it. There's some fancy kind of uh, occult books here and there, a lot of crosses. <sighs> Solid is probably the best way I put it. There's there's nothing in the costuming or the props that made me go just that was stupid. Uh no, it was it was solid all around, but also there was nothing that just jumped out at me that the main the main gimmick of the movie being the uh Easter egg with the vial of uh, Jesus's blood in it, which well, I'll get to later. Um, it looked, it looked unimpressive. I mean, it looked like something I could find in a Hallmark, a Hallmark store. It was not awful, but not as awesome as it should have been. Uh, there was some fairly nice bits with some uh, full sets of armor when they did the flashback with the guys breaking into the castle. That was kind of nice. Uh, but, you know, all in all, okay. So I'd have to give it a 7 out of 10, fairly solid. Now, the one area that I think kind of shines, and it goes over the next two categories, uh, first of all, the locations. They have very, very nice locations in, in, this, uh, in this film. So whether you're actually in the Vatican or not, they do, if it's not actually the Vatican, they do a good job of recreating the Vatican. You get... Uh, some really excellent far shots of landscaping, uh, landscaping like somebody's mowing their lawn. Uh, uh, far shots of, of uh, forests and, and rivers and all that sort of stuff. There's some great far shots of the castle that they're going to. Uh, in fact, almost too many of them in some sense. That, that is, uh, I guess, I should have been part of the whole uh, director set that that I was talking about it just didn't seem it seemed to seem to focus in the in the wrong spot sometimes but when it was focusing on the location uh, it was really good and when it was um, on the interiors they did an excellent job with the with the the castle in the original as well as the castle as it was taken over by the nuns and then found by the the three individuals that uh, we're trying to figure out what's going on. So all in all, really, really quite good on the location. I got to give them a nine out of ten on that one. Um, and then cinematography. Uh, a movie like this nowadays is going to have a decent amount of CGI, like everything does, but doesn't need as much. And there were a decent amount of practical effects as well. Um, the um, the flowing 
I should say the the lenses that they chose when they were taking the the far shots, the the lighting was really really quite good. Um, the CGI was okay. Um, you didn't need much because there's a lot of shadow, a lot of darkness. You've got to make the um, make the uh, face of the nun look particularly menacing, which they did a good job with that. Um, the ghost or of the kid, whether that was a separate ghost or a, a manifestation of the demon or whatever, looked a little off. It was a little odd, uh, not real believable. Um, and I don't mean by that, you know, a believable ghost, but the movements just um, didn't seem quite right. And if that was uh, uh, a real kid, then uh, I'm sorry, I'm completely wrong, but the, I'm pretty sure it was CGI and not great CGI. Um, also, the uh, they had a fond use of snakes throughout the, uh, uh, the movie. It was, a, it was a big theme. The CGI snakes were awful. Um, they did not look realistic. Maybe they were not intended to look realistic. Uh, instead of having that fear-inducing bit, I just laughed when I saw them. Um, I, it really shouldn't provoke that sort. I laughed several times throughout this movie. It was it, it just did not provoke. I mean, don't get me wrong. There were jump scares, and I jumped in a couple of spots. It's not hard to pr provoke a, a jump reaction out of a viewer when it's done right. Um, but it's it was it was kind of not as good as it could have been in some of the CGI. Um, but not so much to make it just to just yank you out of the, the suspension of disbelief. It was it was passable. And when you mix the passable CGI with some really good camera angles and lighting and some excellent uh, vistas to be able to see it from it's still pretty solid so I got to give that a 15 out of 20. Now with the area where I think that it really lacks uh, the shine that I was hoping that it would have and that's in the plot and writing. Um, maybe it is unrealistic to expect uh, character development or uh, a solid plot in a horror movie nowadays. Um, but that's one of the reasons I've always had trouble with horror movies. Many of them really struggle in this category or feel that they don't really need to, to um, go along with it. You've got three characters that are linked up early in the movie. Um, and so you've got plenty of time to develop them. What is this journey that they're taking? What are the changes that are happening in their um, in their lives that's going to reflect on them in the future. Well, you've got the priest who starts out as a kind of a grim uh, individual that's there because the church wants him to be there, and he seems to be just kind of there. Not much to it. By the end of the film, he's gone through this harrowing experience. He gets buried alive at one point and is barely rescued in time to be able to uh, to, to continue and do whatever and gets bit in the eye by a snake and thrown around by a spirit and he's still the same guy basically um, at least from what I've seen now again I've got to I've got to couch this with the fact that I have not seen the other films in the series so there may be more um, 
more character development with these people later. I don't know. But uh, there's basically no character development with him. You've got Frenchie, who is uh, uh, simple and fairly courageous and likes the ladies and is kind of infatuated with uh, Sister Irene. And so he meets them, and by the end of the film, he's still courageous and infatuated with Sister Irene and um, possessed, but doesn't know it until the end credits. Um, okay. Does he break his superstitious tendencies and become a, a you know strong believer in, in the Catholic ideology? No evidence to that. No evidence of pushing it away. Again, no real change in his character. You've got Sister Irene, who has not taken her vows at the beginning of the film and through the course of the film takes her vows because she feels she needs to in order to combat this evil. And she had visions, and basically she has the most character development of anybody because she learns that, to her, these uh, visions weren't a sign of evil. They were a gift from God. That's pretty much the extent of her character development. She doesn't realize any other great truths about herself. She doesn't really go through any other major changes. Again, just like the other two, she's basically the exact same person by the end of the movie. So again, horror movie may be expected. But then you deal with the extraordinarily flimsy plot, the completely overdone, it's the devil trying to get to Earth, or the equivalent. Okay, fine. And it was uh, a matter of this one duke that had the castle and he tried to bring them in. They never develop the duke. They never say why he does that. They never go into any of that. Just, well, he did it, now it's there. Okay, fine. Um... They also don't go into how the Catholic Church, who seems to be the one that's in charge of this uh, abbey or whatever you want to call it, nunnery, um, how they could be completely unaware of the passings of what's happening. I mean, and again, spoilers, you know, all of the sisters are dead by the time they get there, even though they try and fool you into thinking that some of the nuns are alive until the very end of the movie, where you realize, oh, it was the demon all along. Uh-huh. So how exactly is it that the church does not know that there's a problem going on uh, when they are smart enough to know to send Sister Irene, who had the visions that she had to go there in the first place, which seems to be pretty questionable thinking if the average thought process uh, that I've seen in every other horror movie involving something like this is you have visions, you're of the devil. Why would you ever send that person to that location when you know what is there and you know what it needs to do to get out? One of the dumbest plot ideas I think I've ever heard. Um, on top of that, the behavior of the demon doesn't make any sense throughout the course of the film. Yeah, it's trying to scare. It's apparently not really trying to kill because when it buries Father Burke in the ground, it buries him in an instant. He's completely covered in the coffin. But they left him the bell. Why? That makes absolutely no sense at all. You went to enough of uh, supernatural expenditure that you made the headstone with his name on it. Left the bell. Why? 
there's absolutely no reason for you want to keep him alive. You would have just killed him immediately. There is no possible explanation for him to continue to exist. You need to get rid of him and the other dude. You only need Sister Irene because she's the one you want to possess and get out in the first place. And considering you basically have her completely fooled that there are all these other nuns there by the end of the second uh, second part of the movie, why didn't you just do that in the first place? Really dumb. Well, let's get to those nuns. The nuns that you fake that are actually all dead, but are aspects of you for the purposes of the horror movie. You basically tell her the history of of the convent when you don't have to. This isn't some vision she's having. All of her visions, as she's explained it, are when she's sleeping and wakes up, that's when the visions occur. She doesn't have them when she's walking around, so that had to be the spirit. The spirit explained the entire history of the convent. Why? Why would you tell her about the one relic that could stop you? makes zero sense because none of the three of them knew when they were going there that it even existed. Nothing. You should have just kept your mouth quiet and killed the two other dudes. She's all alone. Trick her and she's possessed because towards the end of the movie, it doesn't take too much effort to get her into the middle of that awful little circle of nuns and she's possessed. It's just, it's ridiculous. And then let's talk about that relic for a second. The relic is basically the equivalent of a plastic egg with a cross that has the blood of Jesus in it. Okay, it's, it's kind of a standard thing, you know, a bit of uh, the wood from the cross or a bit of bone from, uh, uh, from a saint. You know, that sort of stuff, kind of standard fare. But seriously, you created a glass cross to put the blood of Christ in to suspend in a Cadbury egg that's clear. How exactly does that make sense? I, it, I, 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 don't, I don't even have words. It, it makes literally no sense whatsoever. And I'm not trying to dig too much into this movie because I know a lot of it's meant to just be kind of scary fun. But if, if I only have to lightly touch the plot and it falls apart, Eh, it's not great. So I may be being overly uh, generous with this, but I'm going to go ahead and give it a 10 out of 20. Um, I mean, I barely touched on some of the problems that I have with this. I could probably go on further, but I don't like my blood boiling. Um, it's It was okay. Now, don't, don't get me wrong. As horror movies go, like I said, this wasn't nearly as bad as I thought it was going to be because there were a lot of redeeming uh, function, or, uh, functions to it. But uh, totaling up my score, it gives it a 61, which is just barely passing in the D-minus range. Um, I think that's fair. Uh, truthfully, I, I don't think I would give it any more. Um, what did you think? Did you do you love horror movies? I'm I completely off base here. Uh, leave your comments in our forums. Uh, we would love to hear what you what your opinions are. In addition, we are now should be completely up not only on iTunes but Google and Spotify. If there is a rating system, please give us a rating. Uh, let us know what you think. We we appreciate any five stars we can get. We, we also are on. 
Real Pudding Guys on Facebook and uh, at Real Pudding Guys on uh, Twitter. I think I said at, at Pudding Guys on Facebook and Real Pudding Guys on Twitter. It was beautiful because I had to choose two different things for the two of them, and it sometimes gets a little confusing. But uh, please follow us and uh, give us some likes and let everybody else you know uh, uh, know about our show and get some other, uh, other good back and forth going in our forums. We would love to hear it. Until next time, I will be talking to you later. This is The Pudding Guy. You know, that's really awful, but it's fitting because the movie wasn't that good. 